Hello and welcome to Eyewitness Beauty, the podcast where we talk about the biggest stories in the beauty industry each week. I'm Nick Axelrod-Welk. I'm joined, as always, by the lovely, charming Diamond Creek Bomb. Hi, cutie angels. Okay, we've had a little bit of technical difficulties to start out this Wednesday morning, but while you were, sorry, but a peek behind the curtain, so to speak, but while you were away, I had a confession that I, I guess was kind of beautiful that I just gave to what amounts to dead air, but also just between me and the readers, which is that I really like my Skims underwear. Oh, the they get better, the, like they get softer as you wash them. Ooh, I don't know if I like that. I guess like the washing machine, like detergent breaks down the plastic in the underwear so that it really just feels like much softer than it did in the beginning. I just got one size too small. But you thought they were too slutty. So they're a little restrictive, but I like them. No, but I the thing that I was just, that was more of a size. That was more on that was on me. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm like as I record this, not that I'm not paying attention to you. <sighs> yes. They only have 2XL, 3XL, 4XL, and 5XL. Yeah, they sell out of the women's stuff really quickly, too. What the heck? It's never in stock. I guess a good problem to have. Are they just minting money? Yeah, she's the most powerful. Kris Jenner is the most powerful woman in the world. My question is, and maybe this is for a different episode, like a special report for us to examine, but what happened with Dolce & Gabbana? Like, I was listening to, first of all, we know that they've been canceled more than once for, like, racist imagery in their collections and, like, casting choices and other, like, creative choices that felt... Like blackfishing, you mean? Not blackfishing, but, like, literally having, like, blackface characters as, like, part of, as a amulet on their jewelry. Or I remember there was something about, like... They did a collection inspired the Kardashians? by no Dolce and Gabbana, who are now synonymous with the Kardashians. Oh, oh did a collection okay. With we, them. we switched from Kardashians oh. to Dolce and Gabbana. Yes, Dolce and Gabbana have been canceled. Yes, and then all, I was listening to past episodes of Babe, which, if you listen to this podcast, you'll know that that's been my journey recently. And Lara mentioned that she named Stefano Gabbana the babe of the week which is to say that he had been like acting out on social media and he had been like from his personal account he had been leaving like really bitchy comments under people's photos like there was a photo of selena gomez and he just wrote hate her (laughs) there was a photo of the kardashians and he wrote like cheapest family on the earth or something you know derogatory like that and now they're like their businesses are so closely linked. Like they, they like suck Christianer's dick to no end. They dress, they did Courtney's wedding. They did a whole collection with Kim. Um, Chris's whole house is Dolce and Gabbana for like Meg appliances or whatever. So what? So and then, gross. and then I see that they're still dressing like huge celebrities for big events. Like there was no, what happened there? Did we just let time pass and we just forgave them because they're Italian? I think, I mean, I think that 
the people that canceled them never uncanceled them, but like the Kardashians never canceled them. I think it was more like people who were woke. I think they were going to show a collection in China and there was like some crazy imagery with like noodles or chopsticks or something. Like there was something that either Stefano Gabbana, who seems to be the loose cannon of, of the two, you don't really hear about Domenica Dolce going off on social media, but I think Stefano, I don't know, did something bad and they canceled the China show. And I think those people have not forgiven nor forgotten. I think the Kardashians have a very short attention span. But you know what I was talking about? Speaking of the Kardashians, what I was talking about with my husband, and I don't know if I've mentioned it with to you, but I think the true clever quality of the Kardashians, the true cleverness, is cleverness a word, of the Kardashians and the devil slash genius that is Kris Jenner is their Christianity. Nothing <laughs> against Christianity. But it's this idea that like they balance this like incredibly unsavory, you know, like side to them where it's like the higher the slit, the lower the V, the more exposed, the better, the more crass they can be, the better the people that they date. Like the whole thing is like vulgar to some extent or can be. With this idea of like loving Jesus and having like a pastor, you know, as their like Pastor Brad or whoever it is, like, and that they somehow have like been able to trick America into believing that they're both the sexiest people alive and sort of the most, you know, liberal in some ways, like liberal in terms of their sexuality, liberal politically, seemingly, you know, Kim's doing all this prison reform stuff with also being somewhat evangelical like in their religious, like then, but talking about God and religion, which I just think is such a genius move because it's like the, the it just, it endears them to both the liberal media elite on the coasts, as well as like, you know, the conservatives who would hate them had, were they not talking about Jesus? And that's just kind of genius. They, they've like they've weaponized Christianity. They've weaponized Christianity. <laughs> weaponized. They've definitely commoditized it. Agree or disagree? What, I I disagree. I would say they've commoditized it, or they've used it to their advantage to be more relatable. And as you say, maybe that's the sugar that makes the medicine go down for some people with them. That makes them acceptable because they're. They have the side of them that is palatable. But Kanye is a or Kanye, huge as my Christian. friend calls him. Huge Christian. Obsessed. Huge Christian. Like simps for God, like daily. Obsessed. I know. And I I just find that whole like the dance that they're yeah, the dance that they're playing feels too perfect. Like just when, you know, like the conservatives want to say they're gross or they're this or they're that sex before marriage, like all the stuff that they do, you know, then they're like, what? But we have pastor Brad at dinner every single Sunday and we love Jesus and we wear crosses. Hence Dolce and Gabbana famous, famously very into Catholicism, Catholic imagery. A tale as old as time. Who of us hasn't used Christianity to like make ourselves look better? Hey, the Catholic Church, to be honest. 
I've wanted to, and it pains my mother when I've like attempted to at various points in my life. I've like really wanted to wear like a cross earring or, you know, and she's just like, that's not for you. Mm-hmm. But I wanted it. I don't know. I know. It's hard. So now I'm just a pagan. No offense. I mean, no. no. Is that is pagan a bad word? I don't think so. No, it's definitely not a bad word, but you're not. But I don't even know if I'm a pagan. You're Jewish, babe. You're atheist? Jewish. Culturally Jewish and religiously I feel atheist? like I'm not allowed to use the three-letter word. I feel like I, I was when I was God. dating a Jewish man. Sex? No. God? Jew? J-E-W. Jew. It just oh, comes Jew, off a Jew, little Jew. abrupt. It's like a little aggressive for me to use that word right now. <laughs> oh, I mean, maybe in this political climate... Which reminds me of a very funny shouts and murmurs from the New York Times right around the time when The Passion of the Christ came out. Uh, Mel Gibson's tour de force about the life or the death of Jesus Christ. Steve Martin wrote a an essay for The New Yorker. And the title of the essay was something like Studios Notes on the Passion of the Christ script. And it was like written as if Steve Martin was like one of the studio executives giving notes <laughs> on the script. <laughs> and one of the one of the notes was, I think there should be, a, I think you mean to have a space between the word Jew and boy. <laughs> if not, call me. <laughs> Wait, what is Jew anyway. boy? Was that in the film? It's not a nice term. It's not a term of endearment. No, Ooh, but I think out. it was just, you know, because he's famously anti-Semitic. I can say Paul it. Gibson? No, bleep it out for me. I, I don't want, I don't want this <laughs> oh, ever like cut up and used bleep, against me. Bleep Mel Gibson? Oh. No, bleep Jew boy. Oh, like cut up to be like you, just like a mega mix of Jew boy? They were like, it's a little plotty. <laughs> That's my favorite note that I've ever gotten back <laughs> on a screenplay. It's a little plotty. I'm like, what the plotty? fuck does that mean? Plotty. Oh, that's a t- that is a tough one. How do you answer that? Sorry, you asked me to put together a plot outline for you, <laughs> and you're telling me it's a little plotty. And it's a little too plotty. I love it. I love it. I love. I love learning new industry terms. Can we talk about me for a second? Yes. Thanks for giving your consent. I did an at-home chemical peel given to me by one Casey Axelrod. Well. <laughs> Remember, I was like trying to get into my Uber and he was like, lit- he like ran to his bag and like threw it he across the room it, yeah. to me on. Yeah, he was like, take this, just take it. It was like I was like a soldier leaving for war. And it was like the last like little remember me by this. And then I had to check a bag because it was over my liquid limit, but worth it because. But you did it. That is dedication to check a bag because of one beauty product. I mean, we've all done it because we're like. I mean, he said they were like so expensive. Yeah, that's, it's a very fancy peel he gave you. It was, it's called the VI, which I'm sure is a Roman numeral. That's four, right? Probably six. Six or four. Continue. And it's also for po- post inflammatory hyperpigmentation, which I really needed after my cystic ac- acne, my cystic homo- hor- hormonal acne, which. I have now cured myself of via spearmint tea. I'm going to switch to spearmint capsules now because the tea doesn't do anything for me. 
in terms of experiential value to my life. So I forget the whole point I was trying to make, but I did it. I posted about it last night and on my stories and it's like going nuts. Eight, like 8,000 people have watched it. That's not normal. Well, famously, your your biggest Into the Gloss article was about a DIY, I was going to call it a banana peel, a bikini wax. Brazilian bikini wax, yes. Right. So it makes sense that people are following you for like a good DIY. So a DIY medical grade peel is going to catch some eyeballs. It's super easy. I don't know why people are going into a clinic for this. I don't know why it's prescription only. I mean, I guess if you're going to be a dum-dum and go out in the sun or do it over damaged skin. Well, because you just did it. Isn't it like, what, isn't your face going to fall out? No, I, fall I did off? it Friday night. That's the magic of social media. I have to keep them guessing. I never, I never oh, reveal and, my and, true And you haven't had... Location. And you, and there's been no issues? Um, No, no issues. I did peel off. I did manually peel like a f- big flake off right in my marionette line just because i couldn't fucking help myself (laughs) you're not supposed to you're not supposed to do that it's not like baby fit where you can go in and just like peel 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 with your fingers like you really are supposed to leave it alone um but everything else i've done by the books like i haven't really left my apartment i haven't gone out in the sun i've been using the sunscreen even though i'm inside but it does leave in the morning my sheets look like i like had a little cookie in bed because there's like little skin crumbs all over them (laughs) It's disgusting. <laughs> I know. Oh my I god. Know. Anyway, so that's that. I'll keep everyone updated, but I think my skin's looking pretty good. Apparently, you're supposed to do more than one though. I don't know how people like have the time to take off a week, 3 months in a row to do a peel like this. That's crazy. At that point, I would just be like, give me the laser. I mean, whatever. I I've gotten Morpheus yeah. And it's the same thing. Your like skin looks crazy for a week, but you have to I mean at the very most you could get maybe 24 hours if you did it like on a Saturday, mo- you know, or I guess 48 if you did it on like a early Saturday morning and had to go back to work on a Monday, but yeah, you're still going to look a little effed up. Mm-hmm. Does your skin look better? Um hard to say at this point. Yeah, I think it does. I think it's helping some stuff heal that wasn't healing. It's glowing. I uh, Oh, my product of the week is related to this, but we can wait till the end of the episode. Why don't we talk about the Emmys? Why don't we do something fun today? Emmys, hit me with your initial, hit me with your thoughts. Okay, I have my best and worst list. Best, Hunter Schaefer and Prada. That looked great. No idea what she's in right now, but she was there and she was- She can do no wrong. Dressed. Julia Gardner and Gucci. Hunger Games. Fantasia Barino. No idea what she's in. Love her. Do you? Hold on. Let me see what she was wearing. I have her on here. The color purple. Oh, they're promoting it right now. That's check the tag. This is the Instagram I use for all of this. Check the tag. Fantasia was wearing... Oh, you know what she was wearing? This is why I thought of it. Dolce and Gabbana. Hmm. <laughs> and she looked good. I like how it's I think it's hard to it's hard to wear like a Neapolitan style dress. And by that I mean it's blocked where the top is like 
one distinct section and then the hips are one distinct section and then the skirt is one distinct like you have to be you have to have body for that and I feel like then a lot of people can't pull that off especially having the like sparkles along like the widest part of their hips but yeah. she looked great and then this might be a controversial one but I am going to put a stake in the ground on this Jennifer Lawrence in her after party look which was gold. vintage Bill Blass I believe that was her coat and then a gold Proenza velvet party dress. Gorgeous. But the coat was trimmed in red fox and it looked so good. And fur is having a moment. I think fur is back, baby. And as long as we're not torturing and killing animals mm, that are okay, alive today. Coming directly from Annie. It, it's a vintage coat. Vintage fur. Exactly. Vintage fur. Vintage fur. We have a Zac Efron watch. He looked good. Did you see him at the Governor's Awards? He did look better. Yep. By the way, what are the Governor's Awards? It like happened the night after the Emmys, and I thought that was kind of rude to make everyone go to a party the next night. He was there, and he looked good. I think his like... Are they for Gavin Newsom? I don't know. His steroid use is... like The steroids are making their way out of his system, and he's like de-puffed overall. Alleged. Oh, he was definitely like, mm -hmm. if I get a cease and desist from him, he can't because it's obvious he was on steroids, which I applaud because that shows dedication to the, his role of playing a, a, like a wrestling guy. What do you call them? Wrestlers. <laughs> what? It's hard on your body. Yep. I'm, and No, I agree. Yeah. So... Florence Pugh finally looked good in Rodarte, but I think that was at the Governor's Ball, not at the Emmys. Glenn Close in Dior at the Governor's Awards. J. Smith Cameron at the Emmys looked amazing in blue. Ali Wong, Dior Haute Couture, but the glasses were what I thought really like sent it. Brie Larson in Prada. I love her weird shoes and everything. Is that purple? like? And then Margot in Armani. She looked amazing. I love the pink. She keeps us on the edge of our seats waiting for what Barbie looks she'll do next. I love the whole thing. I mean, so it's funny. I feel like she, there's been some controversy. It's like some people saying, Margo, it's time to just give the Barbie thing a rest. But what I understand is like, the. I mean, she has to do it through the Oscars, right? Like you can't stop. She's come that too far is, to stop That now. is the stopping point. It's so weird that people would think that it's not. That's like the clear... Yeah, we we were we're all along through this ride. Like, if you're against, if you're against it, then like, be quiet. But like, we know that that's what's happening. So my best, and I didn't, I don't think. I mean, I thought Timothy Chalamet looked incredible. I thought the guy from May December, Charles Melton in Armani. Like, there's some things that are not meant for me. I think double-breasted suit being one of them. But I thought. You know, and I always am like looking at these like tall movie stars wearing double-breasted suits, and I'm like, yeah, I can do that. I should get a double-breasted suit. Number one, I don't wear suits. Number two, I'm not six two, but Charles Melton looked phenomenal, and I was looking as everyone was at all the um like B-roll of Timothy and Kylie, and I was like, I I'm if Kylie's entering a like no makeup makeup era because she's sort of being taken seriously as the girlfriend of a movie star. I'm kind of here for it. I thought she looked beautiful. 
without makeup on. I don't know what it looks like up close, but I thought from afar, stunning. Wait, this is news to me. What do you mean she wasn't wearing makeup? She was definitely wearing makeup. It just looked, yeah, but it was just like less. I don't know. I don't know if I'm on board with this take. You don't think so? I don't know if we're going to see that for like as her thing going forward. I mean, she has a lot of eyeshadow palettes to sell. So, but she did just come out with a pencil lip liner. So I think that that's why the look was more about the lip. Okay. Worst Olivia Munn in Mataveski. Is that how you say it? It was like wrinkled sheets. It was very weird. This was the governor's ball. Billie Eilish. Let's just, and then Selena. Not a great look for her. Not a great look for her doing very aggressive gossiping either. She claims she wasn't. I know, but these people are so media trained. Her, Taylor, everyone else in that room are so, and especially her. She's just a, a puppeteer with her audience. So to feign like, I don't know, naivete or innocence when you're, making like very aggressive facial expressions and whispering into like literally the most famous woman in the world's ear at an award show. I don't know. She just, she, Selena's just all about the drama and it bothers me that. And act like you're surprised or something. Yeah. And then, and then her whole personal brand and her whole rare beauty thing is like, no, I'm about kindness and mental health and not bullying people. And it's just, why are we still on this ride with her? It's so bizarre. It's like you can't have it both ways. No, she's a mean girl. And like, I don't like it. I don't like it. Grow up. <laughs> My favorite thing is when I'm she's like, scared. I'm taking a social media break. She just like, did I'm it again. Off, guys, this has gotten too toxic. And then like the next week, she's <laughs> she did. She literally just did it again. Yeah. I know. I think she's, I think when you grow up in the spotlight you just have no chance of being a normal person also if you're making mental health your platform your theme your personality you're not mentally healthy sorry it's been it's been something i've seen too many times where True. where I agree, actually. women That's especially a really good point. have made their whole personal brands about being being in therapy being a girl's girl being a girl's girl being uh, mentally well if you say that you're a girl's girl guess what you're not but then doing really insane stuff behind the scenes like i've had personal experience with it where it just like really to borrow a babe term darks me out and people follow them thinking that they're you know experts on the subject and it's just so toxic and weird like I don't know. Go to a doctor, talk to your therapist, but I don't know. Social media influencers that are doing the mental health thing are like very bizarre. Should we get into beauty? Okay, fine. Okay, my top story for the week is one that was in Bloomberg Business Week. And this is beauty adjacent, I guess. And the headline Bottled water contains way more plastic particles than previously thought. And this is according to new research published in 
the journal Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. Apparently, a, a typical bottle of water contains 240,000 plastic fragments on average, and that's 100 times more than had been previously estimated. Wow, I thought it only contained 50%. 240,000 plastic fragments in a bottle of water. And I, That's how it's getting into our placentas. And, and what is it doing in there? Like, what does it do? How does it harm us? Like, what happens when we just become fully plastic? That's a great question. I don't know. Like, it, it seems like a lot of gossip, a lot of like... A lot of hysteria. But like, to what end? Why? What are we... So so what? I'm so what? I'm 10% plastic. So what? This is according to the Guardian last year, actually 2 years ago. A recent study found that microplastics can latch onto the outer membrane of red blood cells and may limit their ability to transport oxygen. They also may act as endocrine disruptors. They say that about it's, everything. It's a lot of mays and mites. I know, I know. I agree. I don't know. I'm like, bring on the plastic. Okay, you heard it here first. What? Okay, what else do you have? This is in Women's Wear Daily. A little silent killer, silent but deadly brand that we, I think we talk about a little bit, but not as much as we talk about many brands. Westman Atelier, started by Gucci Westman, famously the celebrity makeup artist who was also... She was the makeup artist for what brand forever? Like she was sort of the Pat McGrath was to CoverGirl as Gucci Westman was to. I'm stumped. Oh, she was Lancome. Oh, Revlon. Lancome and Revlon. And uh, anyway, she's had Westman Atelier. It's a very high priced makeup brand. She's in Sephora. And I just thought this was interesting Westman Atelier is projected to hit $100 million in retail sales in 2023. And Sephora is expanding the brand into 252 doors in February. Uh-huh. And they're launching minis. Mini. They're, they're going big. My money is on Westman Atelier getting acquired by a luxury conglomerate in the next 24 months. I would love that for her. People love the products. It's catering to a very specific clientele, the like older, the older luxury shopper. And, you know, even though there's been so much news recently about 10 year olds in Sephora, I feel like the never underestimate the power of the one who actually, ha you know, has the credit card. Power of the purse, baby. My, I, I saw this article. I saw that they are really investing in more minis, which is interesting because my knee jerk reaction is, I don't like that. It's just as much pa packaging waste for like less product. And I just, especially with the idea of like travel minis, I'm like, just put it, reuse little travel bottles. Just put your favorite products in the little travel bottles, wash them. Yes, you have to wash them. It's an extra step, but like stop buying like single use, you know, travel minis. Then I was thinking, well, Milk Makeup famously had a big old bronzing stick. They had a bunch of products that came in stick form. And then they did mini sizes of them. And now they only sell the mini sizes. So that's like the new normal size. 
And I'm like, okay, if people mm-hmm. aren't, aren't working their way through the product in a lifetime to where it's, it's like, it's just too big, it's too much product, then I like the idea of minis. But the I use her biscuit stick thing that they're shrinking into mini size and I have the mini size and I don't know. I don't feel like it's small enough to warrant a mini, but maybe. Definitely she uses a lot of packaging. It's very heavy. It's very luxe feeling. I'm sure it's very expensive. Um, Not a fan of her single. Have you tried any of the products? Yeah, I use her biscuit stick contour stick i use it as a bronzer um i use it's very creamy i've tried the eyeshadow the single eyeshadow which i I love a single shadow but colors were boring the formula wasn't my favorite it was a little dry and chalky looking on me personally and then what else have i tried i have her little lip palette that comes in the you know, pebble, the metal pebble that has the different shades of red all together in a single hot pour. And I've never used it. I just like looking at it. You know? What are, yeah. But that's my problem because I'm a, I'm the person that always buys lip products and I never put them on because I think I look like a whore when I wear lip stuff. That's and that's a personal problem. Interesting. What else do you got? Mm, I mean, on the on the other end of the spectrum, something's going on with the budget brands. So we're specifically talking about Elf and ColourPop. They're just like having too much fun. You know what I mean? <laughs> what What do you mean? <laughs> like I think like. You can tell they're at a phase because I remember this when we were at Glossier. They're at a phase where they're printing money, much like the Kardashians. And their marketing team is just like doing anything, like any idea. They're like, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> What's the brand that does the it's not Elf NYX. Who does the? there's a product now called Duck Plump. Yeah, it's by That's it's by NYX. NYX. Somebody corrected me the other day. It's NYX, not NYX. And it's like a plumping lip gloss called Duck Plump. Like they're just Duck Plump? Yeah, like duck lips. Like, you know what I mean? Like they're they're just like embracing the idea that it's like the duck lip look is just what they're that's the positioning. And they're doing a Super Bowl commercial with it. And they literally have rubber ducks as the little mascot for this product. <laughs> like a side profile of a rubber duck with like a big old lip. That is crazy. Too much fun. And they're doing a Super Bowl no, commercial, I saw. Too... And then we have Elf over here. I'm trying, I'm just trying to watch like million dollar decorators or whatever you Me know, too. TV show I have. The... Oh my God, we're twins. And I'm getting Continue. hit with commercials. Or I don't know if it's that one in particular. Whatever one is making me watch commercials, there's a whole campaign for Elf Cosmetics where they did like a scripted like procedural drama about a mystery of who stole the makeup. And so they've been having these little like commercial clips of like an interrogation room with like a, like a hot, like 
you know, Jacob Elordi style, like gay boy being like, I didn't steal the makeup. And then there's like photos of him, like in full, like glam taking selfies. And he's like, and he like points the finger at someone else. And then the whole mystery of the campaign is like, who stole the makeup? Oh God, they have too much money. It's too much money. It's too much money. I'm like, I, I would actually rather see them use this on like influencer trips. <laughs> It's just like it's getting too weird. <laughs> and then you have Twilight over here who's missing a major opportunity. Or sorry, ColourPop. They're doing a collaboration with Twilight. First of all, this should be KVD Vegan Beauty. The Twilight the the series? The series from 10 years ago. <laughs> it's finally getting a makeup line with ColourPop. And there's a new lip gloss formula that I've seen. And it is like an, I think it's like an oil and gloss emulsion, but it's not fully mixed. So when you see it through a clear tube, it looks like droplets of blood or, you know, pigment suspended in water. And the fact that ColourPop didn't use a formula like this for their lip oils for this collaboration, I think is just like a huge what the fuck. Like fire your head of product development, like get her out of here. She needs to, or give her more resources so she can be going to the different like trade shows and seeing these new formula innovations, because this is just such a miss. They just did a normal lip oil that doesn't look like blood when there's a blood lip oil formula that they could have used off the shelf. Anyway, so there's that, but they do look like they have like a highlighting serum that looks similar to like the Isamaya one that makes your skin look like the vampire skin from the movie, which I like. And then I don't know. There's nothing else for me. I have like a major flop that I, upon reflection, is like an even bigger flop than I first thought. Let's just do products of the week. My product of the week is Biafine. And it is the classic French pharmacy staple that comes in the big white tube with the dark green lettering that says Biafine up the side and really fat letters. And famously recommended by Carlene Cerf de Dunziel, I think that's how you pronounce her last name, the stylist uh, on Into the Gloss for like After Sun, right? Mm hmm. Yeah. And it was if you want to hear something even chicer than that about Biafine, it was invented in 1971 by a French chemist. He created it to help heal a burn for his daughter in law, a model. For fashion house Yves Saint Laurent after she burned herself while ironing an outfit for a fashion show. <laughs> huh. Chic, right? That's very French. Yeah. So it's supposed to be used on like irritated skin from burns, from like sunburns, ironing board burns, et cetera, et cetera. Irritated skin, not broken skin, but I think just like burned skin. But people have been apparently using it too much. I saw like there's a whole thing on TikTok where people are like trying to be truthers about biafine and telling people not to use it as much as they do. And I think it's because it has this ingredient in it called. Um, Why? What's their argument? It has this ingredient that's, I think, the skin soother called tro trolamine. And I think it can actually cause skin sensitivity if you use it. It's just like any good thing. If you use it too much, it's. And it's probably not good to be used in like huge amounts. Like it does, your skin does absorb these things. Anyway, but I love it. 
I wish I could use it every day as a face moisturizer because the other the other ingredients are really nice. It's like paraffin and stearic acid and I think avocado oil, which normally I'm like try to avoid oils, but whatever whatever ratio they did in this formula is really nice. Really nice. And I will say my skin does feel like numb <laughs> when I put it on because I've been using it after the peel. Which you're not supposed to do. You're supposed to use the moisturizer that they gave so you. So it's like immediate. It's immediately relieving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of makes your skin go numb, just a little bit. Feels great. What about you? I have been using a couple, a bunch, as I've kind of mentioned, a bunch of. Did I mention this on the bonus episode? Maybe that I'm just like I use whatever at this point. I'm sort of like over skincare in a way. But I've, you know where I've come crawling back to? What? Drunk Elephant Proteiny Protein Daily Moisturizer. It is so good for winter. It doesn't have a fragrance. It is thick, but it doesn't leave a greasy residue. It is like $70. You can get it Instacarted to you. It's a no-brainer winter moisturizer. Proteiny, drunk elephant, trust me. And why is pr- protein good for your skin? I'll tell you why. It's Well, it's peptides. Okay, it's a peptide-packed moisturizer that helps with firmness. And also it has growth factors, which help in the immediate improvement of skin's tone, texture, and firmness. And they're saying it's kind of a lightweight gel cream texture but i would say it's a little bit heavier than a gel cream but it's literally the perfect winter dry dry skin moisturizer it's incredible and i'm sorry i ever left it oh wow i'm sorry i ever left you okay yeah great and it's gosh it's you know it's 50 ml for freaking 68 dollars 70 dollars is not cheap for a moisturizer. It's not. I mean, but I, I guess if you were going to get, you could probably get Skin RX for that price, right? Or uh, that really good one from First Aid Beauty. But I like this for winter. And I, I tried it when it first came out maybe like eight years ago. And I liked it. And then I kind of, I cheated on it. And now I'm back. Okay. I love that. Thank That's you, That's what Nick. I got. Hopefully we'll fi- figure out our technical difficulties that we had to power through in order to bring this episode to you, but we weren't not going to do that. We also appreciate that so many people are signing up for our Patreon. It means a lot to us. We are every single week posting the video, whether we like how we look or we don't, on our Patreon only for Patreon subscribers, the video of our podcast. And then once a month, we're doing a bonus episode Last week we did a Q&A, we answered questions, and we'll continue to do fun things on there. Uh, and <laughs> we've been getting some funny messages that we're responding to personally, which we really appreciate. So patreon.com slash eyewitnessbeauty, at eyewitnessbeauty on Instagram. You can find us if you need us. Oh, I have something to add. I have something to add. We've received some very touching beautiful reviews on apple so i just want to say thank you i guess i assume it goes without saying but i should never do that i should try to show more gratitude so that's on my 2024 
goals list, but the reviews that we received, the we get such kind emails that we've like literally changed people's lives. Who said that? I didn't get that. Somebody wrote to us. Yeah, I, I need that. I think I was like on a plane, so I couldn't respond, but somebody wrote to us that like our ketamine episode really helped them. They were like really going through something and learning about ketamine and trying it really helped them get through it. So I just, anyway, I, I just want to say that we do read those things, even though we don't always respond and us not responding isn't a form of communication. It's just, <laughs> you know us. <laughs> it's million dollar decorators isn't going to watch itself right. on Netflix. Right. So. We love you. AJ Mosley is our editor and Jonathan Corman is our producer. We couldn't do it without them literally because we don't know even what program to edit a podcast in. Until next week, we will see you on the internet. Bye.